you are being watched. The government has a secret system, a podcast that recounts every episode of Person of Interest. I know, because we made it. We designed the podcast to continue our bullshit, but we see everything. Random numbers of the week. People like you. Episodes the average viewer deems irrelevant. You wouldn't watch it, so we did. But I needed partners. Someone who had never watched this before. Hunted by weirdos on the internet, we record in secret. We will never find them. But, newbie or diehard, if your episode's up, we will find you. Hello, and welcome to the library for Podcast of Interest. This is a rewatch podcast for person of interest featuring two veteran operatives and one newly initiated. My name is Justin, and joining me are my two associates, my veteran operative Jude and our new recruit, Anna. Jude, Anna, I honestly feel like, I don't know if it's if it's the fact that it's just like, it's it's been raining here for like three weeks, and so like everything feels like a fever dream, but I honestly could never, I, I it feels like I've never read that before. I've never, like, it, our, our intro is, like, completely new in my brain. I'm like, do I really say that all the time? How you doing? You've How said you doing, it 39 y'all? times before. Oh. No, more it's... more than that, including the flubs. <laughs> of which there are many. Uh. <laughs> in ca- counting all the times that you said library for person of interest to yep. start. Uh. Yep. Uh, I'm all right. I just spent a bucket of money. It's always fun playing tickets and hotel rooms. Uh, I am going to Oxford in August for Oxenmoot, which is the annual conference organized by the Tolkien Society. Uh, And I have never gone to it before. And I'm very excited. Uh, This will be the first time that I'm going to the big show. And uh, it is a very big show. It's the 40th, 50th oxenmoot or something like that well now i have to oxenmoot.org it's good radio aaron uh this is the 50th oxenmoot and so it's going to be a big fancy hubaloo and uh so i'm very excited to go uh but yeah i had to buy a plane ticket to the uk and a hotel in oxford uh and that was not cheap uh, I am flying Aer Lingus, which I am told is a little bit taking my own fate into my hands. But also, uh, I would like to eat between now and August. So uh, you you take what you can get. Yeah, yeah. See, here I was thinking that you were going to talk about the other the other exciting Lord of the oh, Rings thing. Yes. Also, I bought the twenty pound uh, Rivendell Lego set. Uh, and uh, almost had it shipped to the wrong state, uh, but it's been a ride. Okay, it's been a rough. I'm pretty go- sure it's been a rough month. I'm pretty sure like half like half of the kickstarters that I funded between 2017 and 2018 got sent to my old house, and I'll, therefore they are lost forever. That sucks. Oof. Yeah. Which you know, I'm like I'm pretty sure that I've got at least all the PDFs. So you know. Yeah. Win some, you lose some. Anna, how you doing? I, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I am retired, but, you know. Then, then go take a nap. Exactly. Then fire the missiles. <laughs> um, if, if listeners, if you don't get that, well, frankly, you are either way too old or way too young to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. There is like a... There's like a 12 year age bracket, but that 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 exact reference is for. <laughs> well, it's been like four weeks since we've recorded a podcast because, frankly, um, we've all been doing shit and we've all been sick and tired. And I haven't seen the sun in like three weeks. And and meanwhile, here we've got this like freaky, like sort of false spring going on because it's like early March and it's been in like the six days. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all of my plants are coming up and they're going to die whenever it it gets cold. And like, I'm going to have to deal with this. (laughs) I'm like, we haven't gotten 70 degrees yet this year. Wow. Which for San Jose, like, listen, 
I expect, like, it is March. It should be in the mid-70s. I should be having the time of my life. I should be laughing at other people's misfortune for choosing to live in lesser states where it snows all the time. (laughs) And it's cold. If it's any consolation, Justin, it is snowing here. That makes you feel better. It does. (laughs) It does make me feel bad. Or it does make me feel better. That Ohio is always worse. <laughs> there you go. Happy to happy to oblige. And we haven't we haven't gotten essentially any snow here this year. But global warming is a fake thing made up by the libs and yeah. not at all a real thing. My parents got a, like a foot of snow last week. <laughs> wow. And um, and and meanwhile, uh, at least our our lovely next door neighbors who we typically shovel for um they they usually buy us a like box of the like nice florida oranges as a thank you gift and they did send us the box being like it's not it's not it's not your fault that there wasn't any snow to shovel (laughs) that's that's nice of them they're they're lovely people all right tonight we are we, we have crossed the halfway point for season four I I had to stumble there for a moment because I forgot what season we were in. It's been that long, even though I've been watching these episodes. We are recording episodes 13 and 14 of season four, MIA and Guilty. Um, I believe Anna has MIA, so take us away. All right. So this one's written by David Slack and directed by Kate Woods. Uh, so John and Root are off on a road trip to investigate the lead they got on Shaw last episode. They're off to a small town in upstate New York. Asterisk, we will talk about this later. <laughs> uh, this is the last known location of the truck they believe Shaw was in after her capture. As it happens, they're just in time for the town's 212th anniversary fair, extra celebratory due to the recent revival of local industry by a company called Caro, which is producing transponders in town. Their first stop is the police chief, who they, of course, immediately incapacitate, abduct, and interrogate. Um, they learn that the truck is still in town, but abandoned. They find the truck in the junkyard, filled with bloodstains and medical equipment, but no shaw. Next up is the local Dr. Haskell, owner of said medical equipment. Uh, He apparently anonymously anonymously consulted on a craniotomy, but was framed for medical malpractice afterwards, so that's fun. Uh, He, in turn, leads John and Root to local leader Leslie Thompson, who they also abduct and interrogate. This is what happens when you don't don't have anyone to hold the leash for these two. (laughs) And and I will note for both of these... It's like the most D&D... Like yes. plot line of like, okay, well, this NPC, this NPC is refusing to give you information. I torture them, <laughs> right? And <laughs> I, I roll ca- interrogation. I was about to note that by interrogate on both of these, we do in fact mean torture. Yeah, enhanced interrogation. Yes, it involves a power drill. Hey, it's been a while since we. It's a been a while since we've had like the torture and air crime, like the uh, the torture and war crimes horde. Uh, Zathras, if you could please. Yes, uh, a friendly reminder that torture does not work. It just gets you the answers that that people think will like stop the torture as quickly as possible. Not, I think this. I think do we give person of interest a lower score on like the actual like real de- realistic depictions of torture uh, interrogation than B five did? It oscillates from episode to episode. It like yeah. really varies de- depending on the writer because we've had a lot of episodes where it's clear that like torture doesn't work. And we've had a number like and also this is perhaps a thing where torture doesn't work when it's the bad guys torturing the good guys. And it does work when it's the good guys torturing the bad guys. There is a major event that that uh, separates Babylon 5 and Purse of Interest in how we view extracting information from prisoners and, <laughs> you know, how we view interrogation. <laughs> a fair point. Uh, you know, yeah. well, I, all of, co- like, our culture is so fucked up from, you know, the yeah. continuing trauma that, um, you know. Yeah, Bush's uh, war has yep. really fucked us up. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, sorry. I just yeah, had to so- be, I had to be the Debbie Doubter there just to talk about that, but. <laughs> It it been a while, and I just needed to, like I I felt the, I felt the old bad pod like surging yeah. in me. 
Yeah, very, yeah. Uh, so throughout all of this, we've had hints that something really weird is happening in this town. So in addition to that, like, medical malpractice thing, we've got disappearance of witnesses, a trust fund kid losing his fortune, and then shooting a lottery winner, you know, random stuff like that. Um, Thompson provides some more detail. So she nearly died and woke up in Maple with a shiny new pacemaker and a new identity. Um, and there is, in fact, weird stuff going on in the town. So first, an attempt by Samaritan to make everybody in the town happy. Uh, and now that has moved on to a series of behavioral experiments. After Root's overenthusiastic use of power tools, Thompson further admits that Shaw is alive uh, and she knows where Shaw is. Namely, Shaw is in the Samaritan, I mean Caro, factory. John and Root blow their way in and find out that A, the transponders in question are for neural implants. That isn't bad at all. Hmm. Uh, and B, the woman Thompson saw was not Shaw, but instead an employee at the stock exchange who got hurt in the crossfire. They rescue her and return to the city, and we learn that Samaritan has ceased its operations in Maple. Root asks the machine, through a security camera, for help loc locating Shaw. But the machine responds by telling her to stop. Finch accepts that they have to stop their search, but Root does not, and she leaves to pursue her own leads. In the epilogue, we see Shaw alive uh, in a hospital bed and watched over by Greer. In the number plot, meanwhile, Fusco has to be the man of action this time, uh, but is not entirely without backup. He's joined by Danny Silva, who is no longer undercover uh, and is eager to prove herself. They're tracking a hitman who's living under the guise of a mild-mannered sales associate. He turns out to be wilier than they initially thought and escapes arrest by framing Fusco for police brutality. Silva is impatient and breaks into his home, finds his kill room, and is promptly ambushed. Fusco comes to her rescue, and after realizing that they're now the hitman's you know, shiny new targets, they set a trap in her basement and take him down. And that's the episode. There, there's a lot going on in this one. Yeah, this is a busy episode, but yeah. uh, right at the top, would you like to uh, get your upstate I, New I, York rant out of the way? I've never, I've never laughed so hard at one of your notes, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, first, so I, you know, as I've said before on this podcast, I grew up in actual upstate New York, um, and it is a pet peeve of me that um, people from New York City claim that literally everything else in the state is upstate, which is like nominally true in that it is north of New York City, the bottom most point in the state. Because I'm me, I, of course, freeze framed on the map, the, the map that we see in machine view to figure out where this fake town is actually supposed to be. <laughs> Of course, yeah. Maple roughly corresponds to New City, New York, uh, population 35,000, uh, which is, in fact, just north of the New Jersey border and like an hour drive from New York City. <laughs> this is this place is considered a suburb of New York City. It is not upstate and I will die on this hill. This is this is a level of funny to me because, hey, Jude, is Bakersfield in North Cal or, so or SoCal? Is it? I mean, or neither. I mean, it's the armpit. Bakersfield yeah. is the armpit of California. Yeah, I mean, it's where does where what what constitutes Northern California is? You know, this is the funniest question that just tells you where in California somebody is from. Yeah, no, it's every it NorCal is. Oh, interesting. Where? Okay, I'll ask. Where do you think NorCal starts? Um, I'm just like looking at. I like I, I'm very bad at geog geography. Uh, when it is that's not very funny though that you, I'm I, I am gratified that you had your you 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 brought the numbers to it. <laughs> yeah, I I'm the, I'm you know I'm I'm here to I'm here to serve right. Uh, and as as like a primer on terminology for New York, as somebody not from New York City, which is not the entire state of New York. It's a very large state. It's not all New York City. I, the preferred term terminology would be New York, like New York City, then the the bottom part before it like cuts off at like bu Buffalo and Rochester would be the southern tier. And then 
above that is upstate. And then the very top of that would generally be referred to as the North Country, the part that's basically Canada. So that's... that's Okay, so now I have to see if I've been to upstate New York. So Jude, to answer your question, I would consider anything south of Fresno, Southern California. Interesting. I would have said, where is it that the they have the garlic? Gilroy. I would have said Gilroy. See, you know, you say that, but Gilroy is also like 45 minutes from where I am. And I feel like that's too close. To, I feel like I'm too close to the dividing line. Uh, Gilroy, I think, is somewhere you can easily get to as a NorCal person. But anything south of that? is just like outside of like the sphere of influence. Anyway, question for you, Anna. Yes. Albany. Oh, that that's the, that's essentially, so Albany and Syracuse are essentially like the dividing line between Southern tier and upstate. Okay, interesting. My friends, I have friends that own an inn, the charming Greenville Arms 1889 Inn, just outside of Albany, New York. I highly recommend it. Um, also, can, can you, can you say the name of that city again? Albany. <laughs> It's Albany. Okay. I can I can mock you for your pronunciation of something, okay? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I This has been uh Albany. Yeah, no, I would I I I that that that's just that's just Californians fucking yeah. gals in the ass. I'm sorry, yeah. there's nothing we can do about that. That's yeah, no, you're right to mock us there. This has been <laughs> regional geography podcast hour. Uh, you are only allowed like I, I is it people in smaller states do you have like geographic like debates like this or is it just us people who live in like huge states where you can't drive through it in an hour i mean people in ohio <laughs> sure do good lord you should hear the things people say about southern ohio up here <laughs> That's so funny. Ohio is just, just one massive, like, Ohio to me, but that's, you know. Nah, I mean, but it's I, legit. But I'm also aware of, like, the, I'm also aware of, like, the historiography of Ohio, so. Southern Ohio is basically Northern Kentucky. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I was referring to. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of, yeah, there's, there's some stuff going on in Southern Ohio. Like, when I would, when I drive to Gen Con, uh, in the summers or did in the before times um, I would very often see all the sign, all of the uh, God bother signs uh, talking about how my personal favorite. And I use the most sarcastic of air quotes on this one. Um, so you've got your standard run of the mill, you know, marriage is one man and one woman and so on and so forth. But my, the personal most insane sign that I would see is um, the one that says the real Holocaust is abortion. Oh. Uh huh. There, there's a there's a billboard up like around where I grew up that has been up there for years and years and years at this point. That's just like, are you bathed in the blood? <laughs> That's, that's pretty metal. I, that's know, pretty metal. It, I want. So, I don't know what they're referring to, but yes, I could be. I'm, Are I'm you offering that? It's like a scripture thing because it of has course. a scripture bit yeah. on it. But like, yeah, it's got a Jesus font. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. That's way um, more metal than my than than my example, which is offensive <laughs> on at least three different levels. Bathed in the blood just sounds like a good metal album. <laughs> God, I'll take bathed in the blood over which which group do you want to offend with which set with, with which word in this fucking billboard? I mean, that, that is something that is something that I will say is that like even like the difference between California and Sac- Sacramento is like they're like Sacramento has like like nation nation like nation median god bothering on like road signs like <laughs> I, dr- I drove up to san francisco five times in the last week just we're, we're gonna skim past why and everything but um but like there is like one jesus sign and it's the and it's like the the weak ass he gets us stuff uh. yeah that is like you know <laughs> terrible people <laughs> doing all that but it's like you know it's it's the Man. pig has very little, like, you know, this episode, 
<laughs> we are, we are well, all about the- over the place this episode. We have said as little as possible <laughs> about this episode in 35 minutes of I recording. Think this is just be- we have said almost nothing about person of interest we we are so (laughs) listeners we haven't recorded like four weeks and and like we talk we 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 we, you know we chat daily but not like we chat daily over this chat but like you know we don't do this okay let's talk about the actual episode um it's fun to see danny again yeah sadly this will be the only time she appears again uh, rip. Uh, yeah. I think what Danny feels like is she feels like a trap door that JMS would make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For if it, I think it was one of those things because I think we're, we're entering a weird stretch of the show where um, with Shaw gone and Root sort of being like, I need to do my own thing. We're, we're sort of going back to like season one basics. Yeah, and we're we're kind of we'll see another repeat number as well in next episode. And yeah, it, these like these episodes are still tied into the broader plot, but I'm enjoying the like bit of a breather. Of course, this episode is relatively like intense in the yeah. A plot um because we have Root, we have Root and John just continuing their rampage TM. My read on Danny this time I never I didn't pick up on this when I watched it like as a show to watch, but as I watch it now, my read on Danny was we don't know a hundred percent what's going to happen with Sarah Shahai, mm-hmm. so let's put a card in our back pocket, and if we need to bring on another person to be violent and female on the show, we have someone we can bring <laughs> in to yeah. to fill that that role. Um, not to, to put too blunt a point on it, but like that yeah. f- feels very much like they were <laughs> queuing her up to come back. Should some, should Shaw not be, should, should it turn out that Shaw wasn't going to return to the show? They had someone that they could bring in to sort of fill that role. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. it, it does very much feel like she's, you know, backdoor piloting in this episode. Speaking of, uh, Adria, Ariona, um, we didn't get to this the first time she appeared, but she is actually a big I know that face. Um, she is actually an I know that face that is related to the reason that we started podcasting. Really? She was in Good Omens. Wait, really? She's an Athema really? device. Oh my god. Really? I have to yeah. watch that. Um, Shit. She is also um, in uh, she's also in Andor. Um, she is playing Bix, who is oh shit, she Cass- is. She's Cassian's like, I, I don't know. Love interest seems like you know that's very reductive, but like Fred did whatever. Um, but it's like I was like, wait, 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 and then I was like, oh right, and yeah, no, like it's one of those things where it's like where you watch something, it's like oh wait, I know that from the thing they did later, which you know, <laughs> good for her. She's she's great in Andor. That's wild. If they had to bring her, if if they had to bring her in, I think Danny would have been like a good fit for that. Yeah, um, yeah. but it is still a little weird. Like uh, in this episode and the next one, of like we're sort of back to like season one and two of the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it's it's fine, but it does feel like a little bit of adjustment because it's like we're getting we're getting a lot more Reese than. Like that was average for like the last couple episodes, and I'm like, we're getting a tick up here. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But we we also get more than average Fusco too, so oh, I'm yeah. not complaining about that. Which is yeah. a good thing. I was legitimately surprised that we didn't like. So this episode, the town leader person, like the the thing where like Samaritan installed a pacemaker in her, and I was like, oh, that's that's Chekhov's Samaritan pacemaker like samaritan's absolutely going to like hack her pacemaker and kill her halfway through this episode <laughs> and they didn't and i'm like what 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 is this i well combined I with the whole like remote controlled neuro device thing that right. is going on in this episode there's all kinds of weird like samaritan cyborg vibes in this episode that mm-hmm. are kind of hovering over this episode 
but yeah. yeah, I agree. That was absolutely my expectation. Because like this episode I, too. I, I thought that that was going to be how they would amplify the menace on those neural implants is that like, you know, in the last like bit, Samaritan was going to catch that this lady had turned against Samaritan and was going to kill her via her pacemaker. And like mm-hmm. that would add to the menace that like, you know, not only because it was framed more as like Samaritan being able to like observe people's brains via the implant, but then being like, oh, Samaritan could just kill people with these. The last third of the show I get a little fuzzy on, but I don't think Samaritan is allowed to take direct action like that. Interesting. Does Samaritan have rules? I mean, I think I think on some level it has to. I don't think I don't think Samaritan has any rules. To the best of my knowledge, yeah. Samaritan does not I, have any rules I don't think, of engagement. I don't think I, I think it's more just that like I don't think Samaritan is allowed to directly kill people. Oh, I'm 100 percent sure it is. It does it's already killed one person with a pacemaker. I did it. Yeah, remember the husband of the woman when Samaritan was yeah. doing its no crime. Insulin pump. Insulin pump. Uh, or an insulin uh, right, pump, right, not right, a pacemaker. Right. I think they're try I think like this is a point where like there's gonna be a couple points where they 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 see how much they want to get into sci-fi tech like like not not like plausible sci-fi tech with that and i don't think it ever really works yeah, yeah. not not like the technology doesn't work but i don't think it ever quite like is too menacing yeah which is which is funny because like hackability and like software longevity on these sort of like implantable medical devices is a huge deal in like yeah. the real world. I wonder I think, if it was I then. It, I don't know. I think it might be what I think it might be one of those things of either, you know, if you open that up, then it becomes maybe a little too uh, like I, I, I either something of like the writers don't want to introduce it or the writers mm-hmm. aren't thinking of it. But yeah, yeah, agreed. it was just it was just surprising, especially since like as Jude noted, we just had an episode where Samaritan killed somebody by hacking their insulin pump yeah. and delivering an overdose. Yep. There is a very I don't want to say like it's it's a good it's a good like little callback of uh Root saying that monsters love small towns. That's mm-hmm. such a good line. Yeah. It's such a creepy line too, especially coming from Root. Yeah. Yeah, delivered by Root, that line is especially haunting. Yeah, especially it's a it's a good callback to her origin story too. Yeah, that that's what I was referring to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which I also I think this is like one of the first times we've seen like Root, I, Root and Reese operating as the main team. They're <laughs> the two of them together are unhinged. It is yeah. it is a it is an excellent choice for this job to have th- them being uh to get working together. I, I think it's a great choice, especially because it's like Root and Root and Reese both care about Shaw incredibly incredibly in different ways. Yeah. And both of them are completely off the wall, like ready to do anything. Oh yeah, they're both. What I like about these this pair is this team up is unlike any other team up. Reese and Root are both functional psychopaths who have been, basically been given better angels yeah. by mm-hmm. Finch or the machine or by some part of being involved in this team in the machine team. And episodes like this or like the one where where Carter dies, you see how thin that control is. Mm-hmm. You see yeah. how close to the how 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 close to the surface that previous existence is for these guys and these two. And I think having these well, two together. Mm-hmm. I see that's where I actually disagree. Because with Shaw, nobody forced Shaw into this Shaw they showed her a better way and Shaw grew but Shaw became like Finch she grew to to believe in this on her own she she's part Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. she has she chose a better a better way for herself 
she yeah. she comes to believe that she doesn't have to be that way but nobody is nobody has a leash on her like root is trying to keep her from spending her life to save others finch is trying to tell her stay safe don't go out and put yourself in danger because she wants to go save others not because she wants to go on a murder spree and kill a bunch of people whereas Reese and Root are both people for whom their ethical harness is held on with uh, duct tape and faith in something that is just barely there, you know, just just mm-hmm. barely kind of keeping them together. For Root, it's the machine and and Shaw, and for Reese, it's just Finch. I mean, that's all that keeps him on the reservation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when Shaw goes missing, that's enough. Like one of his friends goes missing and that's enough to put him like one foot out the door when it comes to doing the right thing. And for for Root, she's ready to fucking throw I mean, she's already di- like talking like a sassy teenager to the machine. And that's why I think this team up works. The episode doesn't execute on this concept as well as it works in theory. Like I'm making it sound yeah. a lot more compelling than it actually executes in the episode. But I think I like the team up because, beca- because of the, I like the episode because of the idea of these two who are so barely, who are so similar in that regard. Yeah. And, and you know, root is also, somewhat untethered as well because she's lost most of her connection to the machine mm-hmm. the machine doesn't talk to her anymore that yeah. that phone call is like the first time yeah. she's really heard from the machine in a long time yeah and i think that's a, a a really good point that a lot of the things that have grounded root that have helped shape root into who she's become are are gone right now she yeah. just has the team to kind of keep her tied into place and i think that's part of why she's been so intense about the mission staying in their lanes and protecting people because that was what the machine she has to believe that that's what the machine wanted and she's trying to to run the machine's play and when shaw when shaw goes down that kind of like throws a spanner in the works and she just she goes old school on it i mean i don't think shaw or the machine would want her taking power tools to someone for anything. Yeah. But old root sure doesn't have a problem with it. And that's who we get. Yeah. Just got to go back to the old view. <laughs> um, it is nice to know that Shaw is definitely alive though. Yeah. I yeah. was going to say, I was going to say, you know, it was nice to have the confirmation that she is in fact alive. Like that bit of closure for the audience was nice. I mean, it's not closure per se, but like, you know, it's reassuring. Yeah. yeah, reassurance. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh, hey, what's going to happen? Ooh, I mean, Greer's involved, so you know, nothing good is going to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's it's a it's a very interesting mirror to Greer, uh, Greer taking Kara too. Yeah, Way back I when. was just gonna say. It, I wondered if you it's had like the same fucking hospital. I swear. I mean, all hospitals look the same. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they they set up the they set up the shots to be a very close mirror. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else we want to cover for this one? Nah, I'm, good. I'm good. All right. Men, many Shaw root feels. Yeah. Yes. Um, actually, no. There is one more thing that I want to come out. There, there is um, at the end of the episode when root and when root and Harold are talking about. Like when the, when the machine contacts him and tells him to stop, Harold tells Rude, I want to hold out hope, but hope is painful. Yeah. Mm. And he's like, I'm, I'm resigning myself to like not knowing at this point, um, which I, I think is Harold, you, you're, you're great. And, uh, but, oh, buddy, you kill me sometimes, which I, I understand what it is. is like, you know, for like, yeah, no, being in that situation is torturous. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think he's giving her the best advice he knows how to give. Yeah. 
And I think it's also at the same time an admission, an admission from him that like Harold is not a person accustomed to or comfortable with not knowing things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for him to say, I don't know, and that in and of itself is painful and yeah. holding out hope is painful. Like, I think he's being very vulnerable with, with root there in that moment. Yeah. Um, But it's also a shitty, not like shitty, but like, it's also a, an awful thing that he's admitting to uh, with root. It's terrible. The, the, the place that root finds herself in. Um, and we're, you know, we, as the audience know that she's gonna, you know, she's got some time. We know that, she, that Shaw's alive, but we also know that Root's got a little bit of a journey to go on. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, um, we are on season four, episode 14, Guilty, written by Dan Dietz and directed by Stephen Semmel. I am going to try for shortest summary of the season. Um, our number this week is Emma Blake, a retired teacher who is on a jury for a murderer. Uh, Harold is also on this jury, uh, placed there on by the machine as it turns out. Upon investigation, it turns out that Emma is being blackmailed by someone to flip the jury. At first, the boys think that the jury is being fixed by someone hired by the defendant, a guy who killed his girl boss wife who's about to debut 5G but legally distinct. But it turns out Emma is trying to make the whole jury vote guilty. The real people who want to flip the jury are the people who really killed Emma. Her co-workers who want evil 5G that gives people headaches. Um... There's some cute stuff with Harold and Emma. They save them. The bad guys go to prison. Yay. Our B plot involves some missing persons. Numbers who Harold and John missed while they were searching for Shaw. Fusco slowly pleads with them to let them back in and to regain their trust. And they start working together again. That's like a season one (laughs) summary right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. This is a season one episode, though. Fusco still doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, no. He's like, why are you? You know, things are things are like being weird. He's uh, still like he knows that he knows that like Shaw is missing. Gone. Yeah, but he doesn't. Yeah. He still doesn't understand what's going on with like. He's still in the dark as far as AI is concerned. Which God bless him. And I think yeah. that 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 must be clarified here that all this is going on, and he is still fucking ignorant as to the true rationale but he doesn't care in the sense that like it doesn't matter to him fundamentally what matters to him is can we get back to being can we get back to doing the good that we can do yeah yeah because fusco is ultimately the hero of this of this show that is the point that i have come to in my analysis of person of interest is that fusco is the hero I'm not going to argue with you on that. That's the, that's the hill that I have decided. I And I can't wait to rewatch this and see Fosco in season one, honestly. It's <laughs> so a weird. trip. It's a trip. He's because he's such a scuzzball so in season so one. Uh, and yet by this point, he's like, you know, amazing. Yep. So there's a fun production note that I want to that I that I want to know, which I think it was it's got to be intentional. That at the start of this episode to talk about their number, Harold and John meet at a diner. It is the same diner that we see back all the way in season one, the last time we had a judge a, a judicial related number. Oh my god! Wow. With the with the the awkward judge episode. Yeah. Boy. Wow. And they start hitting up there more regularly, but like, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. I love that the plot of this episode revolves around evil 5G. <laughs> it's so funny. And like, the, I, I know this episode audience. very much miss <laughs> or predates the like 5G, like, they COVID call it 5K 5G. in the episode, even. It's yeah. so fucking funny. Yeah, I just love yeah. that. Like, the only thing that would have made this funnier is if the uh, if they had been concerned about like that and vax like there being microchips in the <laughs> flu vaccine. God, like it's very very silly. 
um, in a depressing kind of way yeah. in the yeah. year in the year of our Lord 2023 uh, to have an episode about evil 5G. Um, yeah, because uh, because like I yeah I I wasn't as big a fan of the like evil 5G plot because like I I don't quite enjoy like I don't generally enjoy plots that like revolve around playing into paranoia that people have in the real world about things where people even I'm pretty sure that this predates the 5g paranoia it, pre- That's it predates the 5g paranoia but it does not predate like all of the other paranoia about like about like Wireless cell phone networks. towers and like yeah yeah you know and, yeah like, that's valid yeah. cell towers giving people brain cancer and like fun all fact of those things uh i legitimately thought until i don't know five ten years ago that i had given myself cancer because uh when i uh when i was in high school i had a nokia 80 like one of the old nokia skull crusher phones you know the ones i'm talking about the ones everybody had um and i went down to san jose i drove the 45 50 minutes from los altos to san jose uh like four times a week and i had a 1985 honda civic which rattled when you hit 60 miles an hour it hit some sort of vibrational frequency aaron can attest to this aaron rode in this car you hit about 55 60 miles an hour and it vibrated like a tuning fork and you could not hear a phone for fuck in that car so what do you do if you're driving and you want to make sure you hear your phone you stick it between your legs yeah, you stick it between your legs. I hate that I got that. That is, it's the most ma- it's the most male coded thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was gonna say you stick it between your tits. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, okay, so right, so now consequently, when I got testicular cancer, <laughs> I thought for I'm sure so sorry, that I had microwaved my testicle into having cancer. I'm so, I'm so sorry, buddy. That's that's horrifying, it, it, and it I'm so sorry that you like like went twenty that. years. Until until the research like definitively stated that you can't give yourself cancer with a cell phone before I finally was like a hundred percent sure. I was like eighty-five percent sure for a long time that but it was not pe- because pe- I put a cell phone. That, like there's still people who are absolutely convinced that like having oh, yeah. their cell phone in their bra oh, yeah. gave them breast cancer and stuff. It's it's uh, like No, terrible. yeah, people believe it. And there was a long time there where I was like, Did I do this? Did I give myself cancer because I had a phone? jammed be, jammed under my my business for you know two hours a day four or five days a week going down to fencing uh, i don't know apparently apparently not the research all I suggests a, otherwise but i have a weird question sure Where did you do fencing uh you know the shark tank yeah you know you know the uh the 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 train bridge right yeah. next to the shark tank you go under the train bridge you take an immediate right and there's an old carpet, uh, okay. an old carpet building right there. That's um, where they used to have it. Well, do you happen to remember like the school's name or anything? Or oh yeah, it was the fencing center, the fencing okay. center of San Jose, TFC. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, I I was curious because it's like I I attended uh, a, a a like a thing. It was with another school. That's I guess maybe more. Which recent, one? But, uh, Davenridge. I haven't heard of them. They must be new. Back in the day, there was. One in the East Bay, one in San Francisco, and one in San Jose. Yeah. There were just the three. <laughs> Wasn't a lot of variety. This has been testicle and fencing hour. Yeah, no, um, we. <laughs> this is I. This is for 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 not a lot of content in these two episodes. You're getting your money's worth of like you're getting peak episode here. Um, <laughs> this is a very episode episode. Yeah. Um, oh, and oh, the the thing that I forgot to include in my summary: Zoe is here. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. Oh yeah. my god. Zoe is here to like help with the runaway jury bit of this episode, yeah. which in the end yeah. doesn't really matter. It, it, who cares? It's, it's an excuse yeah. for Zoe to be there. Yeah. But um which by the way, probably my favorite Grisham. Yeah, no, I love I love it. I love the like Harold comes comes to the apartment and Zoe's there and Harold's just like John. As much as <laughs> as lovely as it is to see Miss Morgan. Excuse me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I do enjoy that like so this episode really, really, really feels like a season one or like or 
front half of season two episode. Yeah. Um, like, this isn't a complaint, per se. Like, I am i don't mind the yeah. breather. But it, it also falls into, like, the subgenre of person of interest episodes that we saw, like, during that period, mostly, where they where they took a tried and true procedural plot of some form. Yeah. And then do their own thing with it and, like, tweak slash subvert it in some way. Um, yeah. I think that it's a pretty good example of that too. Like that we kind of, we all know how, how the, like, you know, the jury episode goes, but it doesn't actually go that way. Yeah. Um, like I was legitimately, I was legitimately surprised by the twist where like Harold goes and makes his case about how like he really thinks the guy is guilty. And then, and then <laughs> this lady is like, Thanks, Harold. I think you're exactly right. And he's just like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And he's just like, and and he's like, what do I do now that I'm now that like I have convinced everybody on this jury that this dude is guilty? And it's like Wait. stall <laughs> badly. I I for some reason like we're in a we're in a period of like person of interest where I'm just not remembering the number of the week plots. Like yeah. yeah, I was in the same exact place. Like I remembered that there was an episode with Zoe in this season. Yeah. But I could not have told you what happened in this episode for any amount of money. I was like, there's an episode with Zoe. I think there's a I think there's a jury situation. I don't know. I legitimately thought for like the first 10, 15 minutes that the, that like the, the murder, like involving the evil 5G involves Samaritan. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yes, that's, that seems right. I guess. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, Samar- no it's Samaritan's just- pushing this thing that will like increase its own connectivity. I was, I was surprised that it didn't have a Samaritan. Tired. Yeah, no, yeah. I like we've we get a we're we're in a couple of these. I think we're uh, I don't want to I think we are in the season 4 doldrums. Um Yeah. Like we there's bit. we're sort of in a back we're sort of like we're sort of in a holding pattern for a couple episodes while we just like this is the this is the you only have 20 you you have to fill out 22 weeks of television. Yeah. Control yeah. or delete was such a such I mean it was like a mid-season finale such yeah. a banger yeah. they have to like give you a second to like breathe before they yeah. swing back in with plot and as you say it's you know back in the day of the 22 episode season uh they back couldn't quit the day, yeah i mean yeah it's, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Mean, but... yeah so remember when <laughs> star trek seasons used to get 20 episodes uh, uh, how many man, episodes and- is picard it's like 10 or 12 the the la- last week, so I haven't watched the the, ser- the the season finale of Poker Face yet. But like last, you know, last episode, I watched it and was like, oh, so we're setting up for like the mid season, the mid season cliffhanger. Uh, and then no. I looked at the number of episodes ordered, and I was just like, ah, shit, it's the second to last episode of the season. God damn it! Which, to be fair, to be fair, I will I will say, I believe like all professions. That a- actors should be paid more for working less. <laughs> um, and the ten episode, the ten episode prestige format, banger uh, for that. Yeah. That, um, so you know, can't can't really see any of that. I do enjoy filler episodes like this, though. Like this was a you know. It doesn't stand out in terms of like the global plot of the season. And it might yeah. be like a little bit forgettable, but it's fun to watch. Like, yeah, you know, this is one that I would actually potentially put on if I were just looking for an episode to watch yes, for funsies. If this came on at if this came on at eight o'clock on TNT, I would not change the channel. Right, right. There you go. Which is the ultimate I mean like the I think I think maybe the greatest um the greatest measure that you can test a television series against if it randomly came on would you change the channel no okay cool that is what peak television is yeah (laughs) because like ultimately if i if i'm picking a random star trek episode to watch i'm never going to pick one of the plot ones i'm always going to pick one of the filler episodes yeah because i don't necessarily want to watch a whole chunk of plot ones yeah yeah 
Sometimes you just want to watch like Harold, you know, try to get out of jury duty. You're you're not gonna watch one of the you're not gonna watch Wolf three five nine. You're gonna watch the one where uh, Data turns into a weird sun god in his oh te- absolutely in, in his that, that turns into a slaps. Temple. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. If I'm doing a watch through, I will watch Best of Both Worlds. I will not put Best oh, yeah. of Both Worlds on 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 At a bedtime. Whim. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, this, a, this recording is so fucking random. We're uh, so, all well, I, I do like in this episode that like Fusco is like trying to get back in. He's like, I know yeah. things have been tough, but he's like, I, I think this is important. And Fusco has an absolute banger of a line mm-hmm. where he tells John, you don't get to decide who or what I die for. Yeah. Fucking love that line. Uh, God, Fusco's so good. I it's like why like all like, he it's really just like it's like he might not know what an ai is or care about like the or like be involved in any of the like broader plot but like he believes in these guys and like he's asserting his own agency of like being like hey yeah i i believe in you and like i'm with you until the end on this yeah, yeah which i mean it's i i think he's such an like he's such an interesting character like because there's no aliens. There's no like super technology in the show that you could have a character who doesn't know the meta plot. And I think it's just so it, it's so interesting, like because you don't ever see characters like this, I think, a lot of the time. Yeah. Without them becoming like hopelessly comedic before they have before, like the plot requires them to learn everything. Yeah. It's like if Buffy's mom had never figured out what they did but just yeah. kept going along. Like that's the only like that's the only thing that I could really think of is like that some, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, and then and then like when they're when Harold and John are at the diner, John calls him a fungus, but like in the most like sincerely like he's like he's a fungus. We we can't bring anyone to this, but we can't do it alone. So he's he's just going to be here. It's like every time like, it's like we every time we refer to him as cockroach parentheses affectionate. I, really <laughs> uh, I am looking at, down these notes and I see the words uh boner light, late motif. And- yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So I, like- I hate I hate you both for alerting me to the like John gets a boner leitmotif. Um, now I can't unhear it, and I, hate <laughs> I love that that has become a thing for the show now. Uh, oh man, it's so true. I can't unhear it myself for what it's worth. Once I realized that's what that music meant, yeah. Like, uh, uh, and also John turning turning down Zoe, like Zoe's just like, hey. We've got some spare time. You want to bang? And John is like, no. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, it's, it is it is the... Do, like, the uh, in a show with a lot of dubious choices being made by people, <laughs> one of the top three. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's the... I, John is lying to himself by saying, hey, maybe I can have emotional intimacy with a therapist and like try to date her, which you don't... Ther- therapists John. don't fucking oh my God. Oh, I mean, but John, I know, I know she's gonna. I know she's gonna fucking date him. Like I can see it on the horizon. I, this isn't. I have not looked at spoilers. I just, I just see it looming there, like a terrible, like terrible monolith of horror. It's like John. You want emotional intimacy, but you know the fact that you're going to keep. It's like you. I don't even remember how this ends up. Like I. She doesn't glass past the season. I remember that. No, I, oh, sorry. That's not I, 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 like when I say last, I mean as a character, not like gets gets doped off. Uh, oh, I'm, assu- I'm assuming that like John will fuck her once and then realize that he's like too emo to be in a relationship <laughs> and push her away. Like I'm, that's what I'm assuming happens. I mean, yeah, I don't I, don't, I honestly don't remember what happens to her. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't like, bet against that. I wouldn't. No, I. This is this is the fun thing of like I'm like I I you know I've watched the show bookend to bookend, but I haven't watched like the latter half of the show in like three or four years. So I'm like, uh, um, but it's really the fact of like John wants emotional intimacy with a person who like 
with a one person he's talked about his feelings with, which mm-hmm. God, um, this is why you, <laughs> um, therapists are supposed to be trained to deal with this sort of shit and say, Hey, I'm going <laughs> to refer you to someone else because I think this is becoming unprofessional. Yeah. Which, you know, the, I granted this is television. We've already talked about this, you know, you know, we're, but at the same time, John, you can't have emotional intimacy with people who don't know about the evil AI. You just you can't. <laughs> you, you can't live with like uh, because it's going to come between you and your work. You're going to have to lie to the people you think you love when you really don't love them. Because you actually love Harold, and you because should be you emotionally love vulnerable Harold, with him, or or at least. You could tr- you could be you could have like some sort of like emotional vu- vulnerability of br- of camaraderie with Zoe and you can fuck each other's brains out. Yeah, yeah. Like you you could go at it like howler monkeys and <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> different relationships can provide you with different things. This is why you know this is you know. In a, an appropriate environment with healthy communication and clear boundaries, polyamory can work. <laughs> uh, I would just like to point out, I just Googled it, and she does, in fact, last into season five. Oh, wow. One episode of the season. Surprising. <laughs> I thought she... It's because you see this character so many times of, like, a character who is brought in for one yep. season and just disappears afterwards. Yeah. Wow. She's in one episode of, of season five. Presumably the okay. episode where John fucks and then dumps her. <laughs> because he's afraid of actual intimacy. I mean, I've watched... <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. I'm just telling you she's in one episode of season five. I'm so thankful that, like, <laughs> Person of Interest doesn't do the thing that was in very in vogue at the time, um, which was, like, doing sex scenes set to, like, pop songs. Because I remember Arrow season one in a sex scene set to Imagine Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> which i mean is god Ugh. i would there is no, like if we ever had to fall back on something doing the Arrowverse as a as a thing like or even like one season of arrow <laughs> would cause us so much psychic trauma that we would all stop being friends <laughs> and i want to sort of do it oh my god <laughs> i'll i'll throw out a controversial opinion maybe I don't hate the first season of Arrow. Uh, it's a terrible show, but I don't hate it. I think uh, there's a lot of like, I mean, it's terrible, but there's a lot of like redeeming terrible, entertainment. <laughs> there's a lot it's of, like, there's a lot of entertainment to be had. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it just, every subsequent season gets yeah. worse by every metric from season one. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I would argue that that's true of literally everything in the Arrowverse. I, I will say that I think I think that Arrow season two is better than season one, and that is partly because Manu Bennett is fucking just a beast yeah. Deathstroke. Yeah, that's true. I, it's uh, really and just, I know Flash <laughs> Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deathstroke is it's when you it's when you choke up a little bit. <laughs> uh. Uh, and I know some people really love the the sub the subsequent seasons of Flash, but they're all the er- it's all early stuff. Like nobody really loves the later stuff of that sh- of any of those yeah. shows. So we've talked. To, I I just want a list of uh, Zathras. Just run. Just like keep a running tally of our digressions, so I can put those in the episode notes of just like everything we talked about this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Things we talked about that are not person of interest in this episode. Everything. Uh, <laughs> God. New York geography, Northern Californian geography, testicles, um, cancer, <laughs> conspiracy <Testing>. theories, cancer, <laughs> the Arrowverse. Uh, yeah. Gosh. Uh, we got anything else we want to talk about with these ones? This isn't science. It's law. Rational thought doesn't apply. <laughs> I love that, honestly. Um, <laughs> that, that's that's Great honestly line. a good line. I got yeah. Let's 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 just cut, let's just put this one put it down. <laughs> All right. So next time we're going to be covering episodes fifteen and sixteen of season four Q and A and Blunt. 
Can we like can we like arrange it so that yeah no there's too there's not enough amount of time I wanted blood to come out on four twenty but that's that's yeah. too far that's too far away and four twenty is a Thursday so rip oh well um we tried yeah yeah you know we we <laughs> didn't even think about it <laughs> who knows maybe we'll find a we'll find a funny holiday sometime to release an episode on but until next time. We are being watched. The Babylon Project is an independent production. All views expressed on the show are our own. Clips from the original show remain property of the original owner. Music information can be found in the show notes. The rest of the show is licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 share-alike no derivatives license.